0: China Podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your
1: hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello. Hi everyone, welcome back.
2: Thanks for listening to us again ramble on about everything related to China.
1: We've got a lot to say in all fairness. It's true. (laughs) 15 years of experience between the two of us. Yeah, and we've got enough to say because this is episode 116. A lot of it is because of you guys out there. Not the rambling, but the fact that we've been able (laughs) to go on for so long.
2: In the beginning when we started this show, we were worried we were going to run out of topics. But thanks to you out there listening who have sent us in some really amazing questions and topics to talk about. We're really grateful because that's how we're able to continue the show. So if you have questions about any aspect of life in China or learning chinese send us a voicemail
1: at writtenchinesecom slash voicemail on that note i just want to say thank you to everyone who has left us a review we really really appreciate it and it will also help other people find us In iTunes. So, Nara, do you have a fact about China for us?
2: Yes, so we all know China has this long history, they like to say 5,000 years. And in the Palace Museum in Beijing, near the Forbidden City, it rings true because I found a little statistic here that says the Palace Museum has over 1.8 million cultural relics. Wow. So, they're right now, according to the South China Morning Post, they are now expanding the basement of the museum to properly have house all of these artifacts.
1: Right, well my uh, my news article for today is very different to yours. Uh, so this is about a giant indoor farm in China that is breeding six billion cockroaches a year. Ooh! Yeah, and <laughs> what's more is they're using AI to manage this colony that's larger than the world's human population, and it's for <laughs> medicinal use. So we talked a little bit about in a previous episode, this
2: woman who was caught by airport security mm-hmm. for having a cream that yeah. had caught live cockroaches in it. And she was using it as a skin yeah. potion or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this. Because to be honest, living in southern China, I really don't think the world needs more cockroaches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, this is a little bit different than a cream with live roaches in it. This healing potion, they say it's, it's being consumed by millions of patients in China. So they're actually consuming it. It's not something you, you just put on your skin. This is according to the Chinese government. So when the cockroaches get to the correct weight and size, this <laughs> is a little bit gr- like gory and gruesome, to be honest. Um, they're fed into machines and crushed to make a potion, which has had remarkable effects on stomach pain and other ailments. Apparently this is a really popular thing to take, but I've never heard of it. And I can't believe that Champson didn't mention this in our episode about cure-alls because I've heard that this thing is amazing. Apparently the potion has a tea-like colour and tastes slightly sweet and has a slightly fishy smell. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, But uh, it has 40 million patients with respiratory Gastric and other diseases were cured after taking the potion on doctors prescriptions This farm sells to more than 4,000 hospitals across the country. This is quite interesting because apparently cockroaches Have been an ingredient in traditional Chinese medicine. Don't know why I'm surprised for thousands of years In some rural areas in southern China infants are still occasionally fed cockroaches mixed with garlic to treat fever hmm
2: they are really amazing little creatures. I know they uh they they most people kind of squirm when they see them, myself included, yeah. but they're actually really like people think they're really dirty and disgusting, but they're actually obsessive cleaners mm-hmm. and they're very clean. They don't carry diseases. Um and they actually they're actually very clean unlike rats, you know. They're not they a lot of times are put into the same category. But although they Mm. look disgusting and creepy, they're actually obsessive-compulsive cleaners. They're constantly cleaning themselves, and they don't carry diseases. They're actually
1: one of the cleanest animals out there. Uh, Well, there's there's more, actually more, to this article. They're talking about, like, the amount. There's uh, nearly 28,000 full-sized cockroaches per square foot. Oh, wait, in the (laughs) facility? In the facility, yeah. Uh, Which is in, this is in Shichan, by the way. Oh, how? They're just, I don't know, just breeding them constantly constantly. It's it's insane. This must be very ecologically friendly, though, because they don't mm. take a lot to survive. Yeah, I guess. I love this quote. This is from a worker who said, Hold your breath, and you only hear a rustling sound. Whenever flashlights swept, the cockroaches fled. Wherever the beam landed, there was a sound like wind blowing through leaves. <laughs> it was just like standing... In the depths of a bamboo forest in late autumn, the cool breeze blows and the leaves rustle. (laughs) Isn't that so, like, romantic? This idea of cockroaches being, like, leaves blowing in the wind. (laughs) Oh man. I just think it's great. But this, this bit amused me even more so. So there's a professor from the Institute of Zoology's lead scientist in insect evolution studies at the Chinese Academy of Sciences in Beijing said that it would be a catastrophe if billions of cockroaches were suddenly released into the environment. <laughs> So basically, they have to really be careful with this building if there's like a natural disaster or, or human error, of course. And there are very few actual people who work in this building.
2: What are they afraid is gonna happen, I wonder?
1: They just basically said like only say 12 of these cockroaches, if they got out, they would just like take over a community, like a small, like a community. They would just so quickly breed, they would just go it would just go crazy so
2: are they like genetically manipulating well, uh, yeah well
1: it seems so actually because they're saying that they're using AI to manage this colony and it was implied that they're using it in some way to sort of improve the breeding of cockroaches hmm. if you even need to do that but no one would that there was a like they'd asked the whoever is in charge of this facility and they refused to say like what exactly they were doing so it mm. sounds a little bit suspicious, but mm-hmm. smart manufacturing, they call it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Clones. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. My worst nightmare as a job, I think, would be taking care of this colony. Yeah, of- mine mm. too. But they are really amazing creatures. I mean, these things have been around for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. I think they were around in the dinosaur. Oh, year. yeah.
1: They're definitely, like, dinosaur-like, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd
2: be curious to see how the health benefits would
1: hold up in a
2: study done by a third party. Like a non-biased <laughs> party. <laughs> right. seen quite a few articles lately about, you know, Chinese consumers are getting much smarter. Um, a lot of products in the past have been purchased because of treatment. Tradition or superstition, and they found, for example, these edible bird nests. Those birds they basically spit up to make a nest. It's like a clear nest. It's pretty gross, but it's eaten in China as a delicacy. And there have been a lot of studies recently. This is according to Sup China, by the way, one of my favorite news sources. I just saw that. Yeah, it's morning. really fascinating um, that. It actually doesn't really have a lot of health benefits. When you do a study, an actual study, it's,
1: it's so strange that you would anyone would assume it does. Like, well, it's why tradition, you... you know. A lot yeah, of these I know, things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but in still... the past, like, why would they think like, oh, let's try this? Maybe it's got like, maybe it's really good for you. What? Who knows how these
2: things get started? I don't know. Maybe yeah. in the past when they didn't have access to certain nutritional right. foods, then it was it worked well as a supplement. Yeah. Or maybe it does have some good things in it when used for specific conditions. But, and the same thing with those sea cucumbers. So that's another massive thing in China. They look so disgusting. They're like a slug with spikes. And they're so expensive. I mean, I'm talking about hundreds, thousands of dollars a box Mm -hmm. for these things. And a friend of mine, her father worked in the fishing industry in China for many years, 20 plus years. And he was considering selling these... Back in Europe to the Chinese consumers, like, so basically he was importing fish into China and he was thinking about exporting these sea, cu- sea cucumbers to Europe so mm. that the Chinese people who are living in Europe mm. could have access to them there. But they, they're nowhere near past the European regulation for carcinogens. They were like mm-hmm. crazy, crazy high numbers and the whole industry yes. is just, just like a big farm. A lot of it is based
1: on hearsay and tradition versus science. I would agree with that. Uh, When you were talking, for some reason, I was reminded of that cat poop coffee. Mm. Just talk, you know, thinking of strange things that how would people find out that that was good? (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's an odd one. But I have heard that that's really
2: amazing coffee Whatever oh I've had the but how does that
1: does. come up you know it's more about how does it come about like why did someone how did someone try it you know and figure out that it was really good oh by
2: the way they do sell that's maybe something we can put on Patreon because they sell cat poop coffee at the coffee shop near our office oh yeah we offer on Patreon for someone to
1: buy us a cup of the cat poop cat coffee because <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. very
2: expensive but we would try it let on us the show. Kn- let us know
1: if you're interested <laughs> in that by the way we'll track
2: some down <laughs> It's not cheap though. It's like fifty dollars a glass or something like that. Forty dollars a cup.
1: Are <laughs> forty? What do you? What do you? When you said dollars, are you, you mean U.S. dollars? U.S. dollars <gasps> was two hundred and can remember
2: eighty or something like that for a cup of it. It was really high. Was it was really high. <sighs> well, anyway, <laughs> I won't pay that much for poop. I put my foot down. <laughs> so should we get
1: on to the question? Yeah, I think it's about time, isn't it? Well, our question today comes from Daniel, and he left us a voicemail message. As Nara said at the top of the show, if you would like to ask us a question, you can do so by going to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. So let's hear Daniel's question.
3: Hey, so I just started listening to the podcast recently. I really enjoy it. And I have a question that um, is, is really just kind of asking your opinion about something. But I tried to look through the episodes to see if it was answered before possibly, and I don't think so. So basically I was wondering what you guys think of Chinese media, like music, television, movies, everything like that, that come from mainland China. Because for me, I've so I've spent a total of three months in China. I'm, I'm back in the U.S. right now, but um, I start, I've studied Chinese at university. And so I've tried to find things, you know, bands to listen to, everything like that, to practice Chinese or, you know, just enjoy Chinese more. But I find myself always enjoying things from Taiwan. So like Taiwanese dramas, I really like, um, Taiwanese bands I really like, but, and then like Taiwanese new movies. But when it comes to mainland China, honestly, I've only found a handful of movies, um, a few bands and like one TV show that I've really enjoyed. And I wonder if you, like to me, I feel like there's a very distinct difference in the quality of what comes out of mainland China and what comes out of Taiwan. That's just personally from what I've seen. So it's kind of wondering your perspective for people that have been there longer, um, you know, probably actually go to the movie theaters there or watch television on on the TV there. So, yeah, I was just kind of wondering what your opinions are on that.
2: Okay, so Daniel, thank you, thank you for sending in this question because I have the same question all the time. Oh, really? I mean, I also struggle to find Chinese media that sparks my interest. Oh, oh
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. I was thinking about his like his question about mainland Chinese versus Taiwanese ah, media. Ah, yeah. But I'm definitely on with you, like on board with you on the first part on that. Part definitely. Where do, where do where should we start then?
2: Well, what do you think of Chinese media as a whole? As a whole,
1: like yeah. Like yourself, I I feel it doesn't interest me. I know as a a student of Chinese that it's an excellent resource to learn from, but if I have a choice between you know listening to music that I like to listen to or TV shows that I want to watch, I'm gonna go for those ones as opposed to watching the cheese fest that is. Chinese TV let's let's talk a little bit about Chinese TV shows
2: okay great so um there are a couple different common genres in China that you see the similar shows over and over again what are some of
1: those well uh the reality TV is a big thing at the moment I would say The voice of China was a big thing. I just realized actually that's finished now. They're not, they're not doing that anymore. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. But it's been replaced by shows such as The Rap of China. Oh no. Yeah. But they're becoming a little bit these. Reality shows are becoming a little more Chineseified, China-fied, something like that. You mean so, as opposed to an exact copy of right, Western shows? Yeah, they're basically taking the same formula and making it more related to Chinese culture. So, for example, there's a show um i think maybe we can talk a bit more about this in a, in a bit but there are shows such as the chinese poetry competition ah oh. um and there's also one called readers which is where celebrities talk about the beauty of Chinese literature. So these are also sort of like reality kind of TV. Then that's not reality TV. They're like they're almost like game shows slash reality TV. I think. Okay. They seem to like mash them together. Filmed bit. in front of a live audience. Right. Style. That kind yeah, of stuff. There's yeah. There's a lot of stuff
2: like that. Uh, we mentioned in a recent episode. Uh, I think it was episode 112 about the roundtable show where they bring mm-hmm. up. You know, they have some experts in different fields and then they talk about topics which are generally not spoken about. Um, openly on Chinese TV. Yeah. I myself tried to watch a little bit of it. It's oh, yeah. pretty
1: difficult for me to understand, though. But, well, I actually found another one that's another sort of talk show. I don't know if you came across this. It's called You Can You Bebe, Uh which is a uh, cheap hash war, which, which basically they translated into English as, like, weirdos talk. And actually I watched, the, I watched part of this episode and I thought, this is the kind of show that I can watch because... It's so over the top and cheesy, but it should be like that. It's a bit daft and you can kind of take it and enjoy it for what it is. It's just daft entertainment. But what I liked about it was that they're actually, it's like a debate talk show. So they bring up questions such as they do in round table, but it's a little bit more tongue in cheek. Like they're, they're definitely targeting the younger audience, And they're talking about, like, dilemmas that you'd have in life, such as, is it okay to look at your partner's phone? Or can you get married without being in love? But then they have daft questions like, what would you do if you found an alien egg on the ground? (laughs) (laughs) So they're... But this is, like, partially celebrities, partially, like, real, like, just normal people. But that's also, you know, in front of a live audience, and they have these noises all the time, like... (coughs) Like, it's a Scooby-Doo episode, or, like, fart noises, and... There's always the laughing. Up. But they don't just do those in these kind of casual entertainment shows. They do it on, like, this this Chinese poetry competition. And I've heard a lot of people, like, rave about the, this show and say how good it is. If you can get over the cheese, the silly noises, and the drama, the content is probably really good. This melodrama (laughs) thing in China
2: is just on steroids. Pretty much all of their drama shows are just saturated with super cheesy melodrama. Actually, the reality TV shows are the ones that I can generally more relate. Yeah, like I wrote an article not too long ago which analyzed several reality TV shows in China and just talked about how they're good to watch when you're Mm -hmm. learning Chinese because it's not scripted dialogue so it's the way that people actually talk in real life and so for me that I find that really useful because the other TV shows like
1: their historical drama is big which does nothing for me me neither I mean I think Chinese those historical dramas have actually existed on Chinese TV for a long time it's just their go-to but it's so it's so clean-cut and I know we've mentioned this before with the Empress of China where the dresses were very low cut and there was cleavage showing and they had to at the last minute cut everything out <laughs> so to speak so it was just heads right. so there was just these massive heads because they didn't want to show any cleavage and so I think our historical dramas there's often a bit of nitty gritty because that's what was going on like you can't just cut that whole section of history out people were having sex and being lewd and you know a bit naughty and they just want to ignore that whole part like that wasn't happening
2: <laughs> well that's a really good point in general for all of China's me- China's media right. too too, is that it is very strictly guided by right. the government. And so there are a lot of things they can and can't do. So the shows that tend to do well are those which promote the greatness of China's past and Absolutely. the greatness of Chinese culture. And these are the things which get approved. Because of that, a lot of the what I would consider more interesting topics don't surface because they don't really stand a chance. Well, uh, what about music? Should we talk a little bit about music? Sure. So I brought in some samples of the top most popular songs in China. We're going to listen to a little bit of them. And uh, you'll see what I'm talking about <laughs> and what Daniel's talking about when we say that it's a little bit difficult to find something that is unique and original. So these mm-hmm. are the most popular songs in China right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The first one is called 世界上的零一個我. It's it, which would translate to something like another one in the world and according to champs and i asked her to take a look at all the lyrics and give me a brief summary of what the song means she says this is a cute song about a girl's close friendship i have a feeling this is gonna be a thing (laughs)
0: that's number
1: one well that is very cute It is cute. You know what? It's not... I I was expecting something a lot worse than that. Like, that's... that. It's cute, and I'm not gonna go and download it and listen to it on repeat, but I've heard worse. (laughs) True. It's
2: just... Okay, well, let's listen to the other ones (laughs) before we Before we we judge, yeah. Yeah. So the next one is called (laughs) Dai." so it translates to something like the most beautiful expectation. So this (laughs) comes from a TV show. It's a love song, and the TV show is a mystery story that Happened in the period of the Republic of China.
1: Do you have a feeling mm-hmm. like you've heard that one before. Yeah, like a million times. <laughs> that sounds like uh, if I go to KTV, that's that's gonna be on. Mm-hmm. These like power ballads yeah. are. Yeah, it's so unmemorable. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's do the number three. That's called WOMEN, which you might understand means "we." <laughs>
0: 就够了為何去天一清很完美了
1: Another ballad. (sighs) I hope you can. I hope that sigh was loud enough. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) The next song,
2: I don't even know how I would translate this. It's called Halu Halu Halu. Maybe I would translate (laughs) it as Halu or hello. I'm not sure exactly what it means. It's a cute song from an animated cartoon.
1: Mm, that sounds like it's from one of those uh, boy bands that all look like girls, yeah, um, or like the three, Disney three, Channel, some three TF T- boys, TF boys, yeah, something like that.
2: These boy bands and this kind of Backstreet Boy style—it's just stuck here. I thought we would move on from this, but it has been the music of choice
1: for the last twenty years here. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, and they're still playing ba- the ba- Backstreet Boys at KTV, by the way. <laughs> Not just KTV in the mall. All right, so the next one is called
2: which is the world of evaporation left me. (laughs) Wow. Yes.
1: That is awesome.
2: It's by a group called Astro Bunny. It's a two girls group of electropop. This song is from their third album. It's about love, loneliness and life.
0: I don't know. I
1: kind of like that yeah, one. Yeah, that wasn't too bad at all. I kind of like this electronic influence that's creeping in now. Mm-hmm. It just makes it a little more edgy, I think. Yeah, it's definitely not a unique sound by any no, means, but it's not.
2: it's palatable, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: All right, so the last one that I've got for you, and then I have actually a couple songs that I really like that I've found Me too. throughout the years. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, so this is the last one from the top lists that are most popular in China. This one is called. 春风吹, which means spring breeze. Um, the song is released in 2005, but it became pop- popular again in Chinese, in a Chinese mini video social platform.
0: 嗯, 吹风了桃花, 吹绿了柳树, what <laughs> in sync, anybody? Yeah,
1: it's very dated. It's very, what did you say, beginning of the 2000s? 2005. Yeah, it's, it's, you can tell. <laughs> but
2: it would have been outdated in 2005, too, because In sync was doing that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. You um, know in the nineties. Um yeah, but I'm thinking there were other bands like uh what was he called? Not bands, but uh like Craig David type. I know he had also had hip hop in there as well. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. So there he is. Oh you and he's got it. a hat on. Yeah, and yeah. I can see he yeah. does have a hat on.
2: We'll put links <laughs> to all of these songs in the show notes so that you can listen on your own if you do like them. You can use them to practice your Chinese. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 116.
1: We also have a couple of posts on written Chinese for like music videos as well, like specifically for learning Chinese. And also we've got like a, a library, a music library of all songs that we suggested in that album. were also other, like, learners of Chinese who visit written Chinese also recommended. So check those out as well. I'll put links to both of those on the show notes.
2: But as you can see in general, Chinese popular music, it's not really anything unique to China. I'm waiting for there to be kind of this revolution you wish. yeah because i think chinese traditional music has a lot to offer and if they could repackage it it could be really cool right now they're just basically imitating the 90s music mm. of the west yeah um and like all these ballads and stuff but i'm just waiting for a little more edge to come out or something unique to come out. Um, in general, as we've spoken about before, Chinese parents don't encourage kids to, to create art in the same way as we do in the West. So there's definitely a lack of creativity here,
1: which you can see in their movies and their music. Mm. Uh, just before we move on, I actually just want to mention about uh, something called Zhongguofeng, which is Chinese style. And this is... A relatively new style of music that mixes elements of traditional Chinese music and opera and poetry with modern pop music. Ah. And this, yeah, this was like, it started, it was started by, um, Jay Cho, who's a quite a f- well-known, uh, singer and songwriter in China. Uh, and actually, I think he has, uh, I think he is, he may actually be, be from, Taiwan. But he, he, he's very much like influenced by Chinese, traditional Chinese music and he uses a lot of instruments. Chinese, he can play a lot of different instruments and uses these in his, in some of his songs. I definitely recommend you check those out. You can actually search for, uh, I'll put the link on our show notes. Uh, If you're interested to learn more. So, what songs did you find that you (laughs) like, Holly? Well, I think you already know one of them because this song will never be old to me. Uh, This is the the Chopstick Brothers' (laughs) "Xiaopingguo." I can't help it. I think every time we mention music on this show, I have to bring it up. I I mean, I've got it to play, but I don't think I don't think we need to listen to it. (laughs) We'll put the link to it in the show notes. It's it's just it's not just the song. In fact, it's probably less of the song than the video. the the, the music video is just uh, just amazing, and I don't know. I just think it is a bit different. There's something very not like very novelty about it. Definitely. And uh, the other one is is actually more like a romantic ballad. And I've always wondered like why why do I like this song so much? And it's it's called Beijing, Beijing by Wang Feng.
0: 我的心似乎从来都不能平静 what a Anyway,
1: this that's like love song to Beijing. I, I don't, I just. I really like it. I find it quite haunting, actually. Yeah, like the 80s style. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I don't think it's that old. Um, I always thought it was... But this guy has been around for ages, and he was actually one of the presenters on The, the Voice of China as well.
2: Yeah, I tend to gravitate more towards the older songs as well. Like, there's one, it's called... Um, <clears throat> actually, I don't know who originally sang this song, Gan Shu Olive Tree, but uh, I really like Stephanie Sun's version of it, which I'll play for you right now.
1: I think that sounds sounds nice because it reminds me of something else. I Mm. mean, as do most of these songs, I feel like you always get a hint of another song that you've heard before.
2: Yeah, and then... (laughs) I've got one, another one here that's a little more traditional like that, which is by the artist Teresa Tang. She's from Taiwan. She was born in 1953 and passed away in 1995, so mm. her music is definitely... She's like an icon, isn't she? She is, mm. so let's listen to one of her songs. And I, I kind of like this genre.
0: Bajih
2: which is a lot of what you'll hear coming out of old people's radios yeah. as they walk around the park in yeah. the evening. <laughs> but I really like it. I think there's something romantic mm, about it.
1: Yeah. I think music from the like 80s was very much like that, wasn't it? Mhm. Very much so. And I'm sure
2: the young Chinese people are rolling their eyes when I say that I like this or that I like songs like Cha Cha Bao. Have you heard Cha Cha Bao? Mm-mm. They took the theme from Mambo oh. Italiano and then they made it into a song about Baoza, which is like Chinese hamburger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 why not yeah
2: yeah this is a hong kong news um pop song from way back i don't even know which year but a really long time ago but i like that one i'll put a link as well for that in the show notes and then i have just one more Mm -hmm. song to share because i think the lyrics are really great and the melody is not bad so here's my last pick
0: 太阳落山的时候
2: Would you believe, Holly, that one of the lines in this song that repeats over and over again is News on TV says Britain has more than 100,000 mad cows, <laughs> dreaming they are grazing on the grass, all grazing on the grass. <laughs> Wow. Actually, the song is really poetic and really fascinating. Um I highly recommend you listen to it. But yes, yeah, like, as I was, I, I initially started listening to it cause actually like the melody, and I wasn't really paying yeah, attention really. to the words. But then the more I real, the more I listened to it, the more I realized, oh, he's singing about mad cows. <laughs> like, what? So I eventually did go and translate all the lyrics. And so um, it's a very interesting song.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, as Daniel mentioned in his question, um, a lot of the music and pop music and TV shows that are popular here in China come from Taiwan. I think one of the reasons for that is they don't have as tight a sensor there. So their art is able to develop in a little bit more of an organic way. Also Taiwan, a lot of the people who live in Taiwan originally they were the elites of the Nationalist Party in China um, before Mao took over. And so I feel like there's kind of a culture of aristocracy there and I feel like that a lot of times goes along with art art culture, people who have leisure time, who have the luxury to develop
1: these kind of skills. Mm. And I think you could say that Taiwan has been a little more open to the rest of the world, and so they've got more Western influence, I think. But I, I honestly don't have, I can't say that I particularly favor Taiwanese music or TV shows over content that comes out of the mainland. Although, as I, I guess, I, as I mentioned before, if J. Cho is Taiwanese, I, I I could, you know, his music is okay.
2: Cool. Well, I hope that answers your question, Daniel. And maybe you can find from following some of the links in the show notes, you can find some songs and TV shows that you are interested mm-hmm. in because they it really is a great way to cement the v- vocabulary and learn new words. It's just easy for stuff to stick in your head. I'm really surprised when I watch a Chinese TV show how much vocabulary I'm able to recall because I'm learning it in a situation that. That I'm engaged in yeah and it's just easier to absorb it rather than just memorizing mm-hmm. it from flashcards or textbook
1: yeah and if I think if you find a show because uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned this at the beginning but a lot of these shows they're kind of I'm going to use the word borrowed from other successful shows from all over the world including the UK and the US and so if you find a show that you that you've watched in in the US and it's been turned into a Chinese show then you could use that as a, a learning tool. I think if you've already got interest in it you're probably more likely to want to learn the Chinese from the show. This morning I, I sat and watched some of those shows that I mentioned and I was like I wanted to pause it and find out like what does that mean because it seemed you know it's intriguing especially with this I know it's a cheese fest but when especially when there's an audience and the audience reacts or there's like this these strange little noises or this you know thing that flashes up on the screen you're like I want to know what why did they react like that what does that mean you can get past all that I think tv shows can be quite fun
2: definitely and I find it also really amazing when I watch an episode through once and I missed a lot and then when I go back and watch it again actually how much more I can get the second time around And then the third time around, I mean, it's just that repetition really helps. And when you know what's going to happen and you've heard some of the lines before and maybe you've paused it and looked up some of the vocabulary, it's much easier. So Mm. don't get frustrated if you're watching and you don't understand any of it. Just pick a few words out that you think are important to learn and then just watch it again. And I guarantee you'll get a lot
1: more the second time around. Mm. And one of the things that we think is important when you learn in Chinese is that you also have some understanding of Chinese culture. And I think with these, these reality shows and these talk shows, you are also learning a lot about Chinese culture and what's important to Chinese people. From that perspective, it's, it's pretty interesting. And as mentioned before, with the reality
2: shows, it's unscripted dialogue. So the words that they're spoken are those that are actually used today. So if you're watching Mm -hmm. a historical drama, maybe not as much. So I really encourage people to watch reality TV shows where it's filmed live, and people are speaking in the way that they would speak in real life. So do we want a Chinese word of the day? Yes. So since we focused on music today, I went with music. So today's word is so that means music.
1: Awesome. So I will link to our dictionary on writtenchinese.com slash episode 16, and you can find out how to read and write and speak music. Sounds good. Thanks for listening everybody. Alright, bye. (laughs)